This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here's how we will help your business and you today. Last week, Dave Squires presented the first part of his presentation on reviews and how to manage reviews. Today, we hear the rest of the presentation. Why responding to bad reviews is so important. How many of you love writing review responses? Like it's your favorite thing. Nobody? How many of you write them? (laughs) 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 So we love doing this at Online Access. It's probably one of our favorite pastimes. Um, We get probably about uh, two a day or so from all of our customers. We do review management, reputation. So when we monitor our customers' accounts, we let them know about the review, and usually they tell us. But we write responses. Of course, we get their side. We get kind of an idea of what was going on so that we have information that we're able to write a response. Everybody's like, well, how can you do that? You're a third party. Not a big deal. The biggest thing I want you guys to get from this, well, that slide's kind of a lot more lies, damn lies, and statistics. You should be responding. So if you're not responding, be responding. Um, And I'll finish my story in a second. Responding to reviews is huge because it's not for the benefit of the person who left the review, it's the benefit of the person reading it later. In fact, even if you forget that that person that wrote it existed, make sure you're writing that response, not for their benefit, but just because this is where people are judging you on whether they want to use you or not, okay? And do not respond to something that is over six months old, okay? You're only resurrecting it. So if, if it's a six months old and you're just getting around to respond to it, let it go, okay? Because you will resurrect that review if you do. <clears throat> uh, bad responses, but I'll get into this. So bad responses, taking emotion out of it. So when we see bad responses from customers, it's kind of funny because everybody gets a little hot or on the call, right, because it's personal. And most people will write the response that day because, gosh darn it, that, that jerk didn't know what they were talking about and you get a little bit offended. Thanks for the review. We don't sell parts. We sell solutions to people's problems. A little bit uh, cavalier there. Probably not the best response I'd go with. Didn't really make anybody else feel better either. Sure didn't make that customer feel better, I'm sure. Because you didn't solve their problem. (laughs) Dear customer, if we installed your new equipment in the wrong place, I don't understand why you paid for the job. I'm sorry you have a basement water problem. Sorry to disappointed you. Okay, so I read it in that because I kind of think of that every time I read it. Sorry. But again... Probably not the best response that represents your values or that you care. Does that show that you care? (coughs) Good morning, customer. Thank you so much for a great review. We honestly appreciate it in response to a one-star review. They were copying and pasting the same review response over and over again. Yeah. Do they care? No. There's another situation we've had, too, is people can change their review. Yes. We've seen it where people gave a great response like that, and then someone moved it from a five-star to a one-star. So, I mean, it's all static and, and fluid. So when you log in with your Google account, you leave a review, and you've left a review on a company, you can't leave multiple reviews. It's only one review every time. So if you have another customer, like the return customer, and they write a review, maybe their experience was not so hot, you, they can change what they wrote before. They can make it worse, they can make it better, whatever their experience was the second time around, and it changes that review and it brings it back up to the top. The response you wrote before will still stick with it. Make sure you're monitoring that. 
Six rules to follow in responding negative review. This is actually a handout you guys have because everybody needs to kind of have this with them. Wait and wait some more and take a deep breath. How many of you do that when you see a negative review? Most people How like to write their response right away because it's hot, it's new, it's fresh, it's irritating, it's something that everybody's talking about in the office. You guys are all like, oh, I can't believe that person. Did you see this? What would they say? Did I, I checked with so-and-so. They didn't do that at all. It's a hot topic, and everybody wants to get it done right now. Wait, because it's usually our best ideas and usually our best responses that come at least a good 24 hours after that review comes, yeah, just because you're able to think in clearly. In fact, if it's a really bad review, you're best to wait three days. Let the customer cool off because whatever you write, they get. Do you really want to go back and forth? I mean, understand if it's that much of a hothead, they're on to something else three days later. So you're already verifying whether it's a real customer. You're checking through your records. You're looking to see what happened. You have that information. All disputes need to be handled offline. You are never going to solve an argument online. When you argue online, everybody loses. Anybody been on a Facebook argument before? Mm. So again, responses need to be removed from the situation. They need to be apologetic, and we'll go over kind of a, a thing that's on your sheet. But you have to be able to be calm, rational, and <coughs> professional on your responses because they're not for that person. Any resolution that comes from that disgruntled customer has to come from internally, privately, and in the office. It's a phone call from the owner, phone call from your manager, whatever it is, something that you're actually handling the dispute offline. Okay. Um, respond to the customer, not the offended party. Check back periodically. We talked about updating the review. Thank the customer. How to write this response. Acknowledge the part you played and apologize. You guys have all seen it happen where, unless you guys don't make mistakes like we do, um, where a mistake was made and you own it and you actually have a customer for life. There is such um, realness in that that customers respect more when you're able to come to them and say, we screwed up. We apologize and we take ownership of it. And you guys have all been there. Being able to do that, you know, if you, if you want to do it public or even privately or whatever like that, is huge because the customer is going to trust you the fact that you owned it. Now, if you didn't screw up and it's just a miscommunication, you can kind of, you know, broaden your thing. Acknowledge the part you played, emphasize the owner and customer situation, take the conversation to a private forum when possible, offer an olive branch. You can always offer something like, give us a call right away and we'll take, make this right, or you know, uh, maybe something that will make it look like you tried to reach out. Because what happens is, is there's not going to be another response to this, but if you're ending it on that note, at least it looks like what other people that you tried to help, okay, or fix it or make it right. I would, I think, <coughs> rather than that, what you just said is that give us a call to let us see what we can do to make it right. I would never put down necessarily how you made it right in the review. Right. What you're doing is telling people how to extort you. Yeah, we'd, we'd like to call you. We will be calling you to see how we yeah, can make things right. Yeah, that's, that's an offline conversation. If you show people that you will give things for bad reviews, they will own you. Again, this is two so. sides. So what you're writing in... The response can be something along the lines of, because you are going to be calling them. I assume that all of you guys are going to be taking this outside of online. But it's not for the benefit of that person. It's for the benefit of other people, which they want to see that there was a resolution. Just let them know you want to make it right. How to avoid negative reviews. Is this you? This is me.
which that's a conflict of interest again. That's well, where you can where you can say that, and you can actually write that in the response. They won't take it down, but what we do say is that we just write, you know, I'm sorry, but for your experience, we have gone through our database. We have no one by your name or by the job that did this. There are some people, I mean, and, and I'm a case that there's a point to defend yourself. There are some ways we can get reviews down. One, first thing and I was telling this to someone earlier is click their name and see all the reviews they left. That's what I was going to talk about was that. Yeah. In other words, if they're all bad reviews, you can point that out. You know, that I'm sorry, I, I noticed that it's been very hard for you to find any company to please you. We yeah. had a local girl go on a <laughs> rampage one night, and she reviewed, I think it was somewhere around 23 businesses in the local area based on a feeling, churches, businesses, anything. <laughs> um, the other thing is, is that if they use a, a, an, an anonymous name, you know, like Joe Cool, one, they used your business name in the review, used their full name in your response. They will take it down. Yes? So I had somebody leave a review last week and the name was Pedro. Okay. Yeah. If it's a good review, no. If it's a bad review, nothing stops you, dear John Smith. Because John Smith obviously doesn't want his name out there for a reason. There's a good chance we've seen almost half the time they'll take it down. There's nothing that stops you. They're, they're, they, want, they started the conversation. They may want to hide, but you don't have to hide it. So, I mean, there's different things that you can do, but you still want to be, the, the key is you want to be the most reasonable person in the room when people read that because they're judging you by how you're going to do it. And it's sort of like you can say anything about anybody down south as long as you say, bless their little heart at the end. <laughs> it's just about the same in reviews. I mean, you can respond. You can be very, very direct. You can say things, and I'd say, you know, I'm sorry we weren't able to satisfy you. We wish you the best and hope that you can find someone who can. Bless their little heart. Um, so, you, you know, that's... That's kind of how, you know, if, if you, you do have ability to put your case out, but be rational. Be the, be the calm person in the room. Uh, how to avoid negative reviews. Um, another place that you guys can write down another website. It's on their sheet in front of us. It's on your sheet, hvacwebsites.com slash bad reviews. Reason being is, I'm going to skip one slide here and come back. It's a database of 1,300 bad reviews, all anonymized and all categorized. Why would we do that? You can put in, I want to find, and I'll read these where they're small because it was a big screen, where it says mismanaged client expectations, price issues, company commitments. Because if you've got a price issue, you may want to see how others responded to price issues. They're samples. The other thing is, though, is how do you get your text to not, in other words, it's not what your text do as much as what they don't do that generates a bad review. We send texts out all the time who, you know, they're eye focused, they are reactive. I have to fix the equipment. I'm here to fix my equipment, then I have to go to another job. They're not perceiving the world around them. You all get what I'm, where I'm coming from that? And what she said earlier is, is that 
If I read all your bad reviews in a service meeting, you think you're going to have rational discussion. Maybe more of this. <laughs> if I go into your meeting and I read bad reviews that your texts have generated, are you going to get defensiveness or are you going to get discussion? So here's a challenge for you. And, I want, and I'm going to go back here real quick to this slide, because I'm going to cover this real quick, is I'm going to challenge you guys to download five reviews on your next meeting. Read them, randomly pick on people, and ask them what happened here and how could it have been avoided. Not your review, no names in it, but think about it. I've got to make that tech start thinking. He wasn't even thinking about how customers perceive stuff. But I... Oh, it's now on you the, want the website. It's on the, <laughs> it's on the bottom of your, your sheet with the red stars on the top, or the stars on the top. Okay. And these yeah. are all HVAC plumbing companies. These are all contractor reviews. Okay. So real quick on that, mismanaged client expectations, 21.3%. Now, that's easy to say, but let me explain satisfaction to you. I'm going to give you the definition of 100% satisfaction. If this is your customer's expectations, and this is your delivery, everything in between is dissatisfaction. Is that fair? Now, if I told him it was going to be noisy, and his complaint is, is, you know, and it's noisy, if I had lowered his expectations to beat my delivery, would he be dissatisfied? So on every job, and this is something you have to teach your salesman, on every job, you have two options. A salesman's job is specifically learn what the expectations are. We assume them. Because if the expectations are here and your delivery is here, everything in between is dissatisfaction. You have two choices. You can either raise your delivery or you can lower the expectation. Either case, your customer will be happy. The key to the gap is absolutely communication. We left assumptions stand. Yeah. It's basically either, well, it's also, I can say if you want it quiet, I can put a more expensive unit in. I can raise the delivery, or I can lower the expectations. There are still probably 10% of all people that have unexpected Yeah. And those are those customers yeah. we say goodbye to. <laughs> we'll go back to the crossed arm. But I'm just telling you, though, is that if people, how many, I mean, when are you dissatisfied? When you don't think you got what you paid for. Now, can you do this 100%? No. But here's the key is, is that, you know, when you go in there, I mean, here's the situation you've all been in. How many people have wanted, been called up mad because they're upstairs with their single cooling unit is hot? That's never happened to anybody, right? Is there a reason that happened? I mean, are, is that something you could have changed delivery, or is that just physics? Right? We have on our jobs, you know, we have on our quote sheets, we have do negative selling. I mean, we have a thing that we ask them basically is, is that, I, you know, they have to initial, I understand that without zoning, my upstairs will be potentially six to eight degrees hotter. What did I just do there? Well, I may have, but I may have raised my delivery because they may say, can we solve that? 
it's negative selling. The other thing it did is, how many other salesmen even mentioned that to them? You see how I'm focusing on the negative to basically be where no one else is? You know, I, underst you know, I understand, you know, and it's simply put, and there's a list of things of where we get bit. And you all know where you get bit after the fact, where the customer assumes something. So write it up and have him sign it, that, because what it does is it forces whoever's talking to him to be able to make sure I explain this. Does that make sense? And the fact that you are now talking about it, you know, I understand that with a normal filter that, you know, I will still have dust in the house. Or if I have a central return, my high-efficiency filter will not clean as much as it could if I had multiple returns. You, know, you follow what I'm saying? Dust can't get to that return. There's different things on it, but, you know, the whole key, and I left the, there it is. I was going to say, because you skipped ahead like four slides. Yeah. Price issue, review, ex you know, price issue, everybody knows price, right? Everybody gets complaints on price. The question there, did we communicate the value beforehand? <coughs> I will tell you one of the things, and, I, and I'll give credit where credit was due, is the new flat rate that taught us is the wow factor. And that's simply put, go beyond expectations, and price no longer matters. Very simply, how much does a 9-volt battery cost you? How much does three of those cost? How many you can get a tackle box filled with batteries, and when you're done with the job, go through and say, show me your smoke alarms. I want to change all the batteries. It's no extra cost. It's just something we do. I've seen my client salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18-year-old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about, yet never ask. Can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area. Eliminate costly warranty leak repair headaches. Three years ago, Ruth King wrote a leak policy letter for one of her clients who was dealing with huge warranty leak issues. When she gave the letter to technicians and trained them on how to use it, warranty leaks went from zero, that's right, zero. Then, she gave the letter to one of her other clients and any contractor who wanted it. The results? The same. Zero warranty leak repairs. The unexpected benefits? An increase in replacement sales. Ruth shares the letter with anyone and everyone who wants it. So, get your sample leak policy letter for free. No strings, no catches, no guarantee results. Go to hvacchannel.tv or call us at 877-520-4321. Click on the link in the middle of the homepage to get your free leak policy letter. I hope you experience zero warranty leak repairs and eliminate a major costly headache. We're back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Here's Dave. So what's the focus? I did more than they, I mean, they already agreed to a price. I'm flat rate. So what did I did is that basically, 
I basically circumvented their you know, issue with the price because I went above and beyond what they paid for. We've always told our guys, if you think the price is really bad, do something extra. I mean, if, you're, if you've never adopted flat rate, it's the best way to do it. Give your techs permission to do what they feel the value is. And I'm going to cover that more tomorrow about the internal struggle with the tech. But the point is, is that if they thought it was too big of a price when we first started out, go change a ball cock if, if it was a plumbing job. You know, just throw something in, change a the thermostat. Always do more than that, because I have two issues. I want the customer to feel good about the price, and I want my tech to feel good about what he did. I don't want them ever feeling ashamed of what they do. And pretty soon, that stops anyway. They won't keep doing it, but they have permission to do it. Uh, bad service, poor quality service rendered by the tech in home. So, I mean, and, and that's on the sheet how we classified them. So you can basically pull reviews up based on any of that stuff. And you can ask for how many, and it will show you. You can print them off. You can read them online if you have a tablet. You can see their responses and use them for your own if you wanted to, or edit them. Or but here's where we get to get play a game. Said my compressor was shot, need a new heat pump, eight to 13,000, called another company, don't need a new unit, just two capacitors, 136. Incompetent or dishonest, you decide. That's you're never my, happened to anybody tech. in here, right? How, could, how would that have been changed? What went wrong on that? <laughs> As if we could all help that. <laughs> Wait a minute, what about was everything, did you verify that that was what was wrong? Did, you know, could they have checked it? Could they have gone through it with a customer? Could they have showed it? We condemn a lot of heat exchangers. We now video every crack. And we offer the customer to take it apart and show it to them when it's done. But I'm just saying again, if you start asking your tech stuff like that and start grilling them, what else could you have done? What else could you have done? What else could, you see what I'm saying? What's that going to do to your tech? Because you're going to randomly pick on them as you're going to start them thinking, <coughs> it's not necessarily what I do, but what I don't do that generates this. Is that fair? So I'm just saying, I just want to get the text going out thinking that actions have consequences and inactions have consequences. Because the problem is, how many of this stuff happens because they didn't think of how it was perceived or they weren't looking, or you know, they weren't, they were focused internal, not external. So I want to get the techs focused on that. You can do the same thing with your office because we have office communication, I mean, you have communication in there too. And a lot of it's how your office sets them up. And it's a whole lot easier looking over the fence at somebody else. So the tool's available to you. It's on our website. It's free to anybody who wants to use it. Do I have to call on anybody else for this? Or are you guys fair with these or... I know we're short on time, but I was prepared to take six of you on through this game, but it's no fun to be in the spotlight and try and think of that, and that's where you want to put your text, because now they're aware. They're going to go out thinking about stuff they hadn't because you forced them to. And I did jump ahead. Unmet expectations and dissatisfaction. Focusing your text on the customer's perception is the key. You know, there's a lot of things, I mean, uh, Joe Cunningham, Charlie Greer, they all do calls and they ask the question, are your techs asking questions or are they just going to the unit to fix it? I mean, they're great trainers, they have great systems, there's a lot of those out there, but the question is, are your techs just assuming that what was written on the job sheet was the issue? 
Are they questioning out the person to make sure you're understanding their side of it? If your office staff, your office staff setting you up for success right out the gate, did they make a promise that isn't able to be committed? Did they follow up and say, hey, he's going to be late? You know, all these things generate, can you stop all of it? No. Wouldn't it be great if you could stop 30% of them? We have a company, and I think I shared this with, I may have shared this last time I was here, I don't know, but um, it's in Indianapolis. They made it a culture to get good reviews. Because there's another way of dealing with bad reviews, and that's to bury them with good reviews. And in their culture, within... Two years, they have 18 trucks. They had 5,000 reviews between nearby now and Google. Half was on Google. Not half about it because we just started getting the Google ones. But they had 5,000 reviews on their website, and I called them up and I said, you need to change your marketing. And, you know, every clock is right once or twice a day or something. I got this one right. I said, you need to change your marketing to 5,000 of your neighbors can't be wrong. Read their reviews on our website. Do you know how many other competitors could advertise that? <coughs> They've changed their TV commercials five times since then in the last two years. It's now 10,000 of your neighbors can't be wrong. Read them on our website. Because if you're asking right, and Colleen's going to be covering this. Really? It's not, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can get up to 50% of your customers to leave reviews. Um, to add to this, because this actually, the next part about this is my favorite part, and I probably teach on this monthly, but with this slide right here, a lot of what Will talked about earlier, talking about relationships, one of the things that we said is, that is your dispatcher setting them up for success. How often do we actually take the time to think about the calls we're dispatching and we're saying, hey, Mrs. Jones, Harry's on his way, and just so you know, Harry is a father of three. He has triplets, and they're only six right now. They're all girls, and they're all in ballet right now, and it's been kind of crazy. And Harry also likes to fish when he can. When he can escape the house, he goes up to northern Minnesota, and he goes fishing. Whatever it is but personal stuff. There was a, a company, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dutton Plumbing. They're out in California. I learned this from their lead dispatcher there. They made it a point to change the way they were dispatching. They wanted to create relationships. They wanted to set their techs up for every success possible to be human, to humanize them, to make them be like, so by the time they got to that house, whether it was the sixth call that day or the first, that customer was like, hey, Harry, I saw your picture. I know what you look like. You know, oh my gosh, I have two boys and they're six too, but you know, like our, my mom did ballet. Whatever it is that they can relate to on a human note, there's already all those walls are broken down. And I understand that time is a huge commodity, but if you can take anything that you can to even say, you know, um, hey, my guy Bill's coming out there, Mrs. Smith, and I know he looks like a bear because he's like six foot four and he's really gruff, but I promise he's a real big teddy bear and he actually loves hugs. Well, I can tell you that Bill was pretty surprised when Mrs. Smith came out there and gave him a big hug and he gave her a hug right back and that changed his whole day. Now, not everybody's gonna be comfortable doing that, but that's an example of what are you doing for your text as a dispatch to be able to set them up for success and humanize them before they even hit the call. So the customer is looking in, or get looking forward to it, honestly. Uh, something to think about. I'm gonna jump in on something here that we've tried pushing people. How many of you have a meet the team page? Okay. Rule one, I just, I'm gonna bring this one, never use a last name, <laughs> unless you wanna be an employment directory for your competitors. Use their first name, 
Victor, don't tell me why he's a tech, tell me why he's a person. Favorite hobbies, place I love to eat, my favorite movies, what I do as a, you know, my, do I have kids? Anything that makes him human, you know, because A, they expect you're sending a tech. We learned this years ago when, you know, we had customers say, one guy called up because he put down, this guy was Nate certified, they called him, how come you sent me the dumb one? Because <laughs> he wasn't and everybody else was. Put down what makes him human because Mrs. Smith, would you like, you know, we're going to send John. I'd like to send you a link to a page on our website about John so you know who's coming to your home. Break the ice. If he loves dogs and she loves dogs, you're already connecting communication. You will sell more. And they basically related. Does that make sense? I just interrupted you. Joey? <laughs> Actually, Service Titan, I think, has something like this. Two other dispatch softwares do where you can where you can actually get your, your, your pictures of your techs and send out a, a, a just so you know, they'll be arriving at 3 o'clock, and this is a picture of your tech, and so that you know what's expecting. In this day and age, that was a big turnover for women who are at home, you know, and they're expecting some guy to show up, and it's the right guy. Different yeah. review systems, different review systems like Nearby Now allows us to separate the tech by their reviews so we can have a page of all that tech's reviews. Mrs. Smith, would you like to basically get a, I'll send you a link so you can see who's going to be at your door, learn a little about them, and see what all our other customers think about them. Techs love that. Also, bonus, what's your favorite product that you sell well, That's a tech? Well, yeah, you have to take pride in your own company. People want to see a face behind a company because they want to know who they can trust, who takes ownership of it. Yeah. yeah. They want to know they can see in a supermarket and be able to recognize what you, who you are and what yeah, you do. Yeah, your picture as an owner is huge on your website because people want to know that you're not ashamed of what you do. Yeah, the, you know. There's actually a study out there where people were going over professional websites and one of them was you know, based on whether that the picture of the owner was on the homepage or they had an about us section that gave the story with the owner and his family and which one actually generated more trust. And it was hand over hand or you know, nine times out of ten it was the owner picture because they felt that that was a real person. Yeah, not and just that a means not entity. in a suit with a tie like a, or, or, or a mugshot standing like this. You know, oh, it we can get into tech pictures it. all day long, but um, which most of your tech pictures look like that. Well, with uh, dispatching, um, one of the things with the with the tech pictures when you have that meter team page, favorite product that you sell and why. And I know that sounds super boring and super derived, but it can be a thing. Uh, one of the favorite things that we do is zoning through Arzell, and it means I can control the temperature of my man cave versus what my wife wants in her craft room. Whatever it needs to be, but it's something that they're going to ask about because now you've triggered conversation. I really like the Reem Halo or the Remy Halo because now I don't have less dust, I have less allergens in the house. And so that or that on the page along with their favorite movies and stuff at least inspires conversation. Yeah, why do you like this? If it's if you have a link to whatever product that this tech says is the favorite product I sell, it's a guaranteed link they will click if you send them that page. In their, in their bio about it, thing I like best to sell, they will click that. And if they're interested, they will ask, which is a whole lot easier for a tech to respond than to be proactive. So. All right, tech participation is huge. Um, in a day and age right now, we're actually kind of at a shift. First off, labor shortage, which means higher demand, which means techs that can be pretty demanding. <coughs> Um, because of that, we have all sorts of things that we've gone paperless, we've actually added things to service, and now they have iPads, and they have phones, and they have to check in, and they have to be here, and they have to write this down, and send this, take pictures of this, and it all gets lost sometimes, and we're at a point now where everybody just wants to automate that review so the tech doesn't have to touch it. I understand the beauty of that, but I also understand the downfall. Because just like Will said earlier with relationships, people have relationships with people. I remember people. 
And so when I'm asked for a review, we have so many customers that adore us. In fact, 99%, I imagine, are biggest fans of your company. But I'm not inspired to leave a review because I was satisfied. It was great. How many times have you reviewed that request that comes in? You know, I'm not, I'm not dissatisfied because when I'm dissatisfied, oh, man, I'm motivated now. I am telling the world. I'm telling my church. I'm telling Google. I'm telling Yelp. I'm signing up for services that I never had before on review sites just so I can tell people how I was wronged. Colleen, we're really tight on time at this point. Just <laughs> Sorry. That was not my fault. <laughs> so anyway, again, being able to tap into that, that percentage that actually cares about you, they want to be motivated to leave a review. When you leave that driveway, you are a check mark in their day. It's true. Because you were something I had to get done, you arrived, you left, and by the next day, it's like out of sight, out of mind. If you are not asking for that review on site and even having the tech ask for it, there's a personal relationship there. Mrs. Jones, if you appreciate the service done here today, it would really help me out and my employee review if you could take a quick two seconds and fill out this review. I can send it to your cell phone, your email address, whatever is more convenient for you. Goes right to our website. My boss loves it. Really helps me out. Thank you so much. Now there's incentive because they want to help Bob the tech. All right, this is my magnum opus this year. I sat through quite a bit. Okay, I can't say I all did because I had my team there too. So Chris, Dynasty, and I posed as our own company, Vincent Seating and Plumbing, and we got to sit on, on all the wonderful calls that you guys get to sit on when people try to sell you all these wonderful products. And then we had to ask the tough questions about what they do, what they don't do, where they go, how do they work. It really was not fun. Um, but we did it, and this is... The only bias I can say is that we are a reseller of Nearby Now, and they are obviously on this, and we do generally love them and think they work fantastically and stand by them. But in general, we gave really fair analysis across the board, and including on some of this is those guidelines we talked about, Google guidelines, review gating. Do they review gate? Do they, don't, or do they not review gate? Uh, do they have chat options? And so we actually have a good sample here of all the different review platforms that you're going to see in your own business. Something to look at when you're actually choosing one or what you use. Um, I think uh, ReviewBuzz, something that sets them apart that very few are doing, is they actually have a reward system now, which is good because it incentivizes the tech and it actually tracks it for you and does rewards. Um, again, Podium's one of those big ones out there that just, oh, they're so annoying. But they have a great texting platform. They're really good for communication. They're okay on reviews, but they're great for communication. They all have different strong suits, but being able to find something that fits your company the best and know whether they're following Google guidelines is probably key too. If they have direct Google linking, where if they cl click a link, it'll actually route them to Google if they're signed into something on the web that is Google related, where they don't have to sign in. Before they got bought, it would have been home service chats, but since Ruby Receptionist took over, I'm not a fan. Um, home service chats was the number one one, but now I think there are, it depends on what you're looking for. So for instance, a texting platform one, there's text requests, there's Podium, that where you kind of have that seamless conversation between where they put their phone number in and you can text that customer. That's really nice, depends on what you're looking for though. And then there's bot chat, where you're seeing things like power chats, AI chats, anything that has a bot involved in it where it's an automatic learning system where they're being able to respond and just be kind of that website greeter. If you chat from your office, it's always best to be your people, just like a call. Yeah. But your people aren't there after hours, so have something that can plug in after the fact, like an AI budget. Very. I, I know that sounds like because I'm a web company, but honestly, you're coming into a demographic that's more comfortable just texting and writing. And even if it's something as simple as, do you service my city or are you open after 8, 
I mean, that's somebody answering a question that you know they got immediate response from, and yeah. so you're available. And, and chatbots will cover that too, along with texting platforms and everything. But having some sort of yeah. you know way on the site for people to contact you is huge because people are getting lazier. If, if you're going to man the chat yourself, get a texting system to do it. It's more versatile because you can notify your calls that you're coming by text and everything like that. You can get more use out of it. I, I prefer the texting ones too, but of course I'm a millennial. But I'm also in the same man. I'm an elder millennial, so I like phone calls sometimes because I want direct answers. But having something there for everybody, especially if you're going to invest in something like chat, um, it's a good investment because it's something that you can always be available to your customers. It's just one more medium that they're able to use to reach you. Thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.